0: This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. We can we can now, here's Sue Freeze.
1: Thank you so much for joining the Sue Freeze Show, and I'm just so thankful and grateful to be here again today. It's 13 and some years mm-hmm. of um, recording shows and. Sometimes it's just interesting to think, okay, what am I going to talk about, Lord? What do you want me to talk about? What is the message for today? And um, I was talking to a friend about, you know, the messes that we're going through and that God makes messages out of our messes. And that is so true, isn't it? No matter where you are in your life and no matter what's going on, it's, you know, it's, it's a journey and we're going to go through this and get to the other side. Um, Last night, today is my daughter's birthday, and she's two weeks away, maybe sooner, of uh, giving us our first grandson. And I'm very excited about that. She's already given us two beautiful, wonderful, adorable granddaughters. And so now we've got a grandson coming, and I'm very excited about that. Uh, But it's her birthday today. She's going to be 38. She's 38 today. And I reached out to her and just wished her a happy birthday and told her just how much I love her. And and now that she is a mommy, she can truly understand what the love is like of, you know, when you have a baby and, and just that love that just pours into you and out of you and everything. And if someone hasn't done that, you just don't understand. There's no way to describe the love, the sacrificial love that you experience when you have a baby. Anyway, with that being said, I sent her that, and she wished me a happy birthday because it was her and I that went through that together, and so it's both of our birthdays for different reasons. And uh, it's just really a wonderful time, and I just I I love that I've had that opportunity. That God blessed me with my daughter, and blessed me with my son, and now is blessing me with grandkids, so I can spoil them, and I love doing that. But also, what I've realized is, you know, we I talk about boundaries. I talk about boundaries and how important it is, especially for our children, because they need to be hemmed in because they need to feel secure. Yesterday I was at church with them and with a, you know, a a a whole room full of, a whole room full of people uh praising the Lord and, and uh just being thankful for the resurrection day. And I was watching all the parents with the young children and how they handled or did not handle their children, the little children that were in the aisles blocking the, the aisles or the ones that are touching things they shouldn't touch. Or, and then there was the other kids where the parents had stickers all over their faces because they were busy occupying their children um, during the service so that, that everybody else wasn't being disturbed by what was going on with their little children. It was just adorable. This one man, father in front of me, had little butterfly stickers all over his face, and it was just the most adorable thing ever to watch that. And with that brings this, is that there is no place I would have rather been in that moment. It was just even, you know, doing what I was doing and and everything, you know, going to the potty and making sure that the one is uh, being potty trained. So I want to make sure she didn't have an accident. Just all of those things that go go with this. And there's a Facebook post that says you will never experience this sunset. You're never going to experience the the friendship you have at this moment in this time, except for right now. And so making sure you are taking advantage and making the most out of every opportunity. The Lord says, give thanks in all things. That means the good, the bad, and the ugly, doesn't it? And so when you're going through even your trying times, you know, I told my daughter, I said, I th- I'm so thankful for all the wonderful memories we've experienced together, but I'm also equally Thankful for the troubles that we've been through together because the Lord says, give thanks in all things. And he does say, give thanks in all things. And sometimes that's hard to do, but it's what we're supposed to do. Why? Because it all matters. Everything we go through matters. It's what we do with those things that make the difference on how our life turns out. It's our attitude that determines our altitude. We were created for a purpose. It was more than just mom and dad wanting a child. You were born for a purpose. God knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. Yet, too few believers understand their purpose or why they were born. Ephesians 5:14 says, "Wherefore we, he saith, Wake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give the light." Meaning that you get up in the morning. And you can get up on the wrong side or the right side of the bed. He is telling us that we need to get on the right side of the bed and that we need to shed the light, that he is the light that needs to shine through us. And for me, in my many, many years on this earth, I've realized that there's chapters, there's things that we go through in life. And these chapters create who we are, the experiences. But it's not only the experience, because two have you ever had two people that maybe have gone through very similar situations, but one person has become bitter and one person has been has just become more and more purposeful in their their walk, their life. I, I find that to be so amazing, but it's all in how we believe in what has happened. For me, there's been many things that have happened that people say, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you've been through that. And I'm saying, oh, my gosh, I'm so thankful I did. Why? Because I am who I am because of those things. I can be more sensitive and empathetic for those that are going through similar things because I've experienced those things myself. It's not to say that we can't be sensitive to people, even if we haven't gone through because we can't imagine what it would be like to go through things but it's not exactly the same thing, just like a mother's love. It's hard to explain a mother's love. It just is. So we are called to do what? We are called to bring people to him to understand who he is. Why? For our own good or for someone else's good? Sometimes people misunderstand what we are trying to do, and that's a disappointing thing. So when these things happen, if we remember that we're to love on these people, not judge people, but to love on them, it makes things a little better when we're explaining ourselves and um, the goal in mind. So the question for you is right now, are you making the most out of every opportunity? Do you understand why you get up in the morning? Yesterday, I was so blessed to spend I don't know, let's see, five to, I think, eight, eight, no, nine, five to nine. So four hours I spent with my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law. My mother-in-law just turned 92. She's been through so many things, and there's been so many times I've gone over to their house. She's sitting in this chair, and she's just sitting there. Her hearing is gone. Her eyesight is, is lessening, and she can't hear, so she misses out on conversation. Do you know someone like that? and you yell louder but sometimes they still can't understand or hear what you're saying what 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 did she say what did she say but last night was different i had her birthday from march i had christmas presents and i had my sister-in-law's birthday present from september all in this bag because i haven't been able to get over there so that's telling you how much time has gone by that where i haven't been able to get over there um i'm sick they're sick um, complications, just things are happening, and uh, we just haven't been able to get together. So last night was our time, and my mom she just says, "Oh, Susie, you just you, you just look so good." And oh, Susie, I just miss you so much. You need to come over more. And oh, Susie, and and then she's telling me about these stories about a man who fell off a cruise ship, and he was paddling with no raft, no anything. Have you heard about this on the news? Nineteen hours in the ocean. And this man when he was interviewed, nothing happened to him. I'm sure he was <laughs> exhausted. Boy, I can't even imagine treading water for nineteen hours. Just think about that. And how cold was it? And where was it? I don't even know. Whew. And I would be thinking about the sharks and all of those things in the in the ocean that could just gobble us up, right? Anyway, she got so animated over this story, not because of the man and the 19 hours, because of the next thing he said. He said, I felt like somebody or something was holding me up. And she says, Susie, it was the angels. The angels were holding him up. And now he's there to tell other people about it. Then she she proceeded to tell me, she she rocks a little bit in her, her seat and she's thinking and thinking and she's, she's so cognizant. She, she just has her mind and she said oh did you hear this story about the man in the helicopter and the helicopter was supposed to go down and he 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 blacked out and then he landed and he landed on a church uh, yard a churchyard and nothing was wrong with him the helicopter crashed basically but nothing harmed him. And he said it was because the angels and God was protecting him. Susie, can you believe that? And we're here to talk about it. And then she told me another story from like 40 years ago that she remembered when she was in church and the pastor said we needed to pray for somebody. And it ended up 20 years later that she discovered that they were praying for her son, which is the father of my children. And he had gotten on electrical wire. He's a firefighter, electrical wire, and he should have been electrocuted. But somehow it released and let him fly away from it. And he's here to talk about it. And she did not know when she was praying for this man that it happened to be her son. She didn't know till 20 years later. And so she's such a strong believer. And hearing her tell the stories, I even videotaped her because I could not believe my eyes. She's lifting her legs up. She's getting all... All peppy and just full of vinegar, and I just hadn't seen that. And Leanne says, "Oh my goodness, oh my god, I, I, she's just not normally like this." And I knew that. And she's like, "Maybe, maybe it's maybe this is a sign. Maybe this is a sign." And I'm like, "Oh boy," but you know what? It was the most precious time. And you know what? The last thing she said to me was, "She says, you know, Susie, sometimes people get too busy for people." And I thought, wow, wow. Okay, sometimes I do get too busy. I get too busy. My my calendar gets filled up. And then the things that matter most suffer. I'm wondering if your calendar is filled up. And is it filled up with the right things? If we're going to make the most out of every opportunity, we have to choose this from that. You're listening to the Sue Freeze Show. Sue Freeze, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. I've been on the radio for 13 and a half years. I'm syndicated and go from San Diego to San Luis Obispo and with the Internet all over the world. And every single time I get on this show, there's a lesson that I'm being taught. The Lord is teaching me lessons. I want to be a good student. I want him to teach me. I want to be open to what he has for me. I want to be humbled. I want to be vulnerable. I want to be what he wants me to be. I want him to feel with his heart. I want to see with his eyes. I want to walk where he wants me to walk. How about you? Are you making the most of every opportunity to share his love, to share your love, to be there, to be present in the presence? That's the best present you could give. That's so amazing. I love, I love that whole sentence there. Be present in the presence with the best present of all. I'm going to write that somewhere in my next book. It's so perfect because so many times I struggle, and I know I'm not alone here. It's hard to balance everything, isn't it? It's hard to balance motherhood and working and um, being a good wife, being a good husband. It's really hard. It's a difficult task. But discipline for your children, for your young parents. Understand that if you do what you need to do now, even though it takes extra time to discipline, that your job... As they grow older, it's going to be easier for you than if you don't. So if there's no other reason to take care of this now, it's that you want them to feel secure. That means they need hemmed in. They need boundaries. They need to know that when it's okay to be a free spirit and when we have to abide, we need to be obedient. I was telling Mark, my son in love, <clears throat> I adore this man. He's so wonderful. One of eight great father, great husband, great son in love. <laughs> He's just perfect. <laughs> anyway, he. I, I said to him, I said, you know, your children need to come when you call them the first time. And let me just explain why. It's not because they're a dog or, you know, some type of animal. It's out of safety. There's going to come a time when you're going to need them to obey. And you won't get a second chance to tell them to come over. They need to come now. It's like, come, come here. And they need to come or stop. They need to stop. There is no question. They don't test you in those moments. They need to do what you're asking them to do. Because what if you know, this world is just really an unruly place right now more than ever. I've never seen it so unsafe and so unknowing. It's like the things that you think you can trust. I, I just don't know. Here's another story for you across the street from me. There was domestic violence going on, and it was terrible. It was 2 in the morning. I was already in bed and everything, and I'm hearing this lady screaming across the street, and it didn't stop. It went for a very long time, and I just couldn't take it. I went to the window to look at what was going on, and it was right across the street from where I was. And pounding on the garage door, screaming, the man's yelling, it just kept going. And um, I called 911. I got I got my cell phone out, and, and let me just tell you, that I called 911 and they said, um, due to heavy load, blah, 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 blah. So that was like, I don't know, 30 seconds. Then they brought in Spanish, same message in Spanish. And then they said, due to heavy load, blah, 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 blah. So we're talking a minute and a half of just a message before I got to a person. Well, a lot can happen in a minute and a half. So I was a little upset with that to begin with. And then I got a live person on the phone and I gave the address and I gave exactly what was going on and who I was and all of that. Do you know I waited up two hours and nobody ever came. And I went out to the street and there were people up on balconies. There were people in the street surrounding this house, but not pursuing the house. And it was a real eye opener for me. Because it used to be, didn't it, that in our communities, that if there was something like this, the whole community would come together and go to that house and just try to, you know, kind of, you know, mellow out whatever's going on for the moment. Just, you know, calm it down. But Everybody's so fearful. Even the policemen are fearful. Do you know that there's more shootings and more deaths, more more killings of going to a domestic violence situation than any other situation? So knowing that, nobody wants to pursue this. Nobody wants to save the woman or save the child. They just sit back and wait for someone else to do it. I am like, a, a, you know, save, save everybody. I want to save everything. But I, I, I chose to not go knock on that door. I chose to call the police, but the police didn't come. Things did calm down with time. And there was a time where she opened up her garage door to walk outside, never saw the man. Kids were never, I never heard the kids cry, never heard anything. They've got three. And um, she came out and she's looking at everybody, staring at her. And she goes, look, see, everybody's watching. Everybody's watching. So in that moment, I knew she was still okay. I mean, she wasn't to where she couldn't stand or talk. Um, And so that kind of set me at ease a little bit. But the eye-opener is is that nobody came to the rescue. And that could be you. It could be me. And that's kind of a scary thing. So what that told me is, is that, you guys, we have to take care of ourselves. We really have to protect ourselves. We have to be aware of what's around us, and we have to protect ourselves. And little parents to the little ones, you need to protect your children. And that goes back to this thing about disciplining And letting them know that when you tell them to do something, they need to do it. They can't test you. Now, that takes time of getting that. But let me just tell you that, you know, they talk about the terrible twos. And my children didn't have terrible twos. I was like, man, they talk about the terrible twos and I didn't have terrible twos. But I have to tell you, boy, did I get a shocker when terrible threes came in. They don't talk about that. But the threes is where there was the most pressure And I've got a three year old granddaughter right now that I I was talking to my daughter on the way in, and she's talking about what's going on at home. And I'm like, oh my goodness, we got to get a handle on this. And I'm saying we lightly, Uh, but we got to get a handle on this. And the threes is where there's the most testing and the most pressure to get a handle. And I, I called my sister once because she had a son a year older than me. And I said, Debbie, does this ever get easier? And her answer was this. And for you young, young parents, she said this, she goes, Sue, it doesn't get easier. It just gets different. And that was the best thing I could have heard because I'm not going to look forward to it to get easier. I just have to be ahead of it. And so do you, whatever, whatever you're dealing with now, you have to be ahead of the consequences of that action. And the consequence has to match The crime, (laughs) you know, whatever they're doing and remember safety first, it's always safety first. If they're going to go in the street, that's a spanking like right away because that's life or death. Getting near the pool, getting near the water without a parent being right there. That's life or death. You don't mess around. You don't mess around with that. That's serious. I just say that because we have a pool and there is a street and it's just scary. It's very scary. But then you've got this other whole thing that I, as a parent, didn't really deal with as much. You don't know the people that are around. You don't know where they have come from, who they are. You know, people just look very innocent, don't they? I mean, I, I come from that innocence kind of area. But now I am a lot more scanning, a lot more aware. And you should be, too, for your kids' sake and for your, your sake. How do we make the most of every chance we get? That's a question I'm going to ask you. How do you make the most out of everything that happens? It's really important that we think about what's going on in our lives. And every single minute, hold it captive. Be intentional with your life. Just realize that this could. This is the only time you're going to experience that sunset, that sunrise, wherever you are, whoever you're with. It doesn't repeat. There is not a button you can push like the computer where you can just instant repeat. You know, instant replay. Nope, there is no such thing in life. It's not instant replay. This is it. Do you realize that? You know, this is no dress rehearsal either. This is all we have. So don't don't waste it. Don't waste every moment. When you can say, I love you. When you can say, thank you. When you can say, I appreciate you don't hesitate to say it. How about I'm sorry? How about that one? Ooh, that's a good one. But now that there is no more place for me to work in these regions, and since I have been longing for many years to visit you, that's Romans fifteen twenty three. Do we long for many years to visit somebody? Or Do we take the opportunity now to get on a plane, to spend the money? You can always make more money, but you can't make more time. Very important that we take the opportunity like I did yesterday with my mother-in-law. Oh, my gosh, it's so precious. Those moments are so precious. And her words to me, sometimes, Susie, we get too busy for people. Are you too busy for people? And it's not everybody's not equal here. You're people. They don't have the same status. They don't they're not in the same circle of importance in your life. So think about those. This is an exercise I did recently. I, I thought about my last if I had one hour, if I had one more day, who would I want to spend that time with and what would I want to accomplish? Do you know it's not going to Disneyland? It's not even eating a meal, maybe eating a meal. But it would be just being able to express my love to each person. Just every moment, I just want to express my love to those that mean the most to me. And I want to impart life into their life, whether it's a letter that can be left behind, that they can read over and over again. Or it's just words that I wanna say, but I wanna hug them. I wanna kiss them. When I see my granddaughters, I just am so excited and they're excited to see me and they run up and I run up and oh, I just wanna put them in my arms and I just wanna hug them and kiss them. We need to do that with those that we love the most. There's nothing more important. Be a blessing to someone and we will be back with more of the Sue Free Show right after this. Break. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. Pests hate that we make our service so affordable. Don't let insects and rodents move in. Call E.C.O.L.A. now, 877-332-BUGS. That's 877-332-BUGS or online at termitelady.com. E.C.O.L.A., powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. E.C.O.L.A.,
0: 877-332-BUGS, termitelady.com. What would you do if your two-year-old child simply stopped breathing? The day businesswoman and author Sue Fries discovered her son had developed life-threatening asthma, her life changed forever, sending her on a path of learning, discovery, and environmental activism. Sue's book, Learning to Breathe, chronicles her amazing life-and-death battle for her son Tyson's life, a how-to manual for parents of children with asthma. Suefreeze.com. You're listening to the Sue Freeze Show: The Pursuit of Passion, Purpose, and Connection. And here again is Sue Freeze.
1: Thank you so much, Ecola Termite and Pest Control, for sponsoring the Sue Freeze Show. I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful, and I'm honored to be associated with Ecola Termite and Pest Control. Ecola Termite and Pest Control has been. Um, recognized as one of the top 100 companies in North America, not California, North America. And I'm very excited about that. And um, we're planning on doing mighty things coming up in this year, too. If you know anybody that is looking for a career, not a job, and they're interested in maybe doing something different, or they're in the industry already and they're just not feeling fulfilled where they are, uh, we'd love to talk to you. We have offices in San Diego, Orange County, Inland Empire, uh, Oxnard, Mission Hills in the Valley, and in Orchid next to Santa Maria. Oh, and we opened a, n- a new office in Minafee, which is by Temecula. So if you know anybody in those areas or if somebody's relocatable, we would love to talk with you to see if there's a way of making this work for both of us. We need more people, but we don't just want anybody. We want the best of the best. High quality is what we're after. And uh, we can teach skills but we cannot teach attitude so your attitude is the most important thing for us we are a company that has core values, integrity, dependability customer service above all else respecting one another uh, opportunities based on merit and do it right the first time and I think I'm missing one, darn it anyway, so those are our core values and we, we really would love to talk with anybody that is interested, we've just hired like five people in the last three weeks And we're needing more. So maybe it's you. Maybe it's somebody you know. So here are seven ways to make the most out of every chance you get. The show one, the part one of this show was about making the best out of every opportunity. And I think sometimes we kind of just glide. We kind of just go in neutral and just kind of, you know, another day goes by and we watch TV or we just do nothing. Now, I'm not saying that TV's wrong because sometimes I just need to just – plop down on a couch and just relax because I'm on high and I'm, I'm constantly going at 100 miles an hour all the time. And so for me, as for you, we do need downtime. But what are we doing with that downtime? Could we be reading? Could we be um, memorizing scriptures? Um, you know, are we making the most out of these moments? It's just like, are we making the most out of what we're eating? What we listen to? You know, we could listen to this or we could listen to this. What is going to be the best for us for our future? And if we're choosing those things, if our life is intentional, you are going to you are going to just discover that life can be so much more because you're putting more into the choices you make. If you're working the same job in the same position you were 10 years ago, if you're still paying off the same debts, it's time for some self-examination on your part. We cannot become what we want to be by remaining what we are. Would you agree with that? Definitely, I would agree with that. You've got to know why you are where you are. You've got to know why you are where you are. Is it fear? Is it a desire to be comfortable in your surroundings and in the things you do on a daily basis? If you don't like where you are, why in the world would you want to continue living where you are? Some people continue to live where they are because of laziness. Understand this, God doesn't do laziness. Here's a scripture. Now, here is a command, a command. Dear brothers, given in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ by his authority, stay away from any Christian who spends his days in laziness and does not follow the ideal of hard work we set up for you. That's really good advice. Yet we hear that some of you are living in laziness, refusing to work and wasting your time in gossiping. Not the best use of time, would you agree? That doesn't help anybody. It only hurts people. And it wastes time, precious time. Never be too lazy to read a book. It increases your knowledge and value in the marketplace. Some people justify their lack of achievement by making meaningless excuses. Do you know anybody like that? Is it you? Do you know anybody like that? So here's a choice you can make. If you are surrounding yourself with people that are not the way you want to become, then it's time to change the people that you're hanging out with. Now, that's not easy sometimes, but I have to tell you, you are the summation of the top five, six people you hang with. I used to tell my children that you are who you hang with. So who are you hanging with? And I always would, you know, I I wanted to know who they were hanging out with. I wanted to know their friends. Parents, you want to know your children's friends. A lot of your future is by who you hang with. And that is a true statement. I've seen it so many times over and over again. If there's one thing God dislikes more than laziness, it's excuses. Excuses by their nature imply limitations or an inability to break through the barriers of life. God does not impose any limitations on us, except that we obey his instructions. Sadly, many of the imagined limitations are self-imposed. Self-imposed. Proverbs twenty two thirteen in the living Bible says, the lazy man is full of excuses. I can't go to work, he says. If I go outside, I might meet a lion in the street and be killed. Now, we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law so that the murmurs and excuses of every mouth may be hushed and all the world may be held accountable to God. Regardless of why you are where you are, once you realize you're accountable to God, you'll find a new fire in your bones when it comes to making the most out of every opportunity you get. So that's number one is realize why you are where you are. You have that? That's number one. Have you got that answered? Why are you where you are? Is it fear? Fear not. Is in the Bible 365 times. There must be a reason why it's in there for one, each, you know, each day of the year. It's in the Bible 365 times. Number two, let go of what's holding you back. If you don't face your fears, they will keep growing. If you don't face what you perceive to be your inadequacies, they'll be magnified. If you're wondering what people will think, if you fail in your new endeavor, you're worried about the wrong things. You need to be more concerned about what God thinks than anybody else in your hood or neighborhood. <laughs> Mark 7, 8 through 10 in the New International Version says you have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to the traditions of men. There comes a point, a time when we have to realize that what we've been doing is not working and we need to let go, shake up, change what we've been doing and do something else. Number three, are you ready? If it works, do it. If it doesn't, try something new. We don't have to stay in what we're trying because if it's not working, you don't want to keep doing something that you feel is not going to work for you. You want to change that up. I'm a competitive dancer and and in competitive dancing, you have to do um, repetitive motion to get it in your brain, your motor memory. And the, the last thing you want to do is learn wrong. Because if you get that in your system and you get that in your mind, then you're going to continue to do it wrong. And then it's harder to break the wrong to do it right. It's much better to learn right the first time. So if you feel that you're doing something and you feel like it's not right, stop, reassess and change, change your, your, your way you're doing it. It's time to forget the way things used to be done or have never been done. If you want to make the most out of every opportunity that comes your way, you need to stop looking in the rearview mirror of your life at what was or could have been. I've heard it said this, is that your rearview mirror is a very small mirror. Your windshield is very large, right? Because you only want to spend this much time, that little time on the rearview, and you want to be looking forward in this big windshield because that's your future, you can look back. The reason to look back is to learn from your back, from your past. Look back to learn from it, not to beat yourself up over choices made or whatever has happened. Forgive those that have trespassed against you. Forgive yourself for choices you've made that probably weren't the best. But move. let's move forward. Okay, learn from it. Move forward. It's really good advice. Some folks never seize the moment, the opportunity, because of sins in their past. If that's you, this next scripture is going to make you shout and buy a ticket straight out of your past. I, even I, am he who blots out and cancels your transgressions for my own sake. And I will never remember. I will not remember your sins. The Lord doesn't remember your sins. So understand that. So you don't need to either. Learn from it. Forgive yourself, and let's move forward into the new tomorrow. Let's move forward into this. Whew, that's good stuff. But I, yes, I am the one who takes care of your sins. That's what I do. I don't keep a list of your sins. That's Isaiah forty three twenty five. How can God bring up your past sins if he doesn't even remember them or keep a list of them? So you shouldn't either. Let's just move forward. Let's move forward. Okay, so I'm going to move forward to number four. Good habits will open the doors for new opportunities. Good habits. See, this is, this is intentional. We want to change bad habits for good habits. So think about some bad habits that you're not happy about. What could be a bad habit? Having ice cream or dessert like at 9 out of 10 o'clock at night. That might be a bad habit. It might be something that your body isn't doing well with. So maybe you should change that habit. Maybe you should change the time. Maybe it's not doing without. Maybe it's just doing it at a different time. Maybe doing without, you know, three nights or four nights a week might be good, too. This is, I haven't reset for a while. This is Sue Freeze, Sue Freeze Show. Sue Freeze, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. If you go to, when you go to that website, there is so much information that you can gain there. And I would love for you, I invite you to go there, check it out. Uh, I know you won't be disappointed if you do. Sue Freeze spelled like fries, one word dot com. My son says that all the time. He just, Sue Fries, spelled like fries, one word dot com. He just makes fun of it. That's okay. So what is a habit? It is simply something you do so often that it becomes easy. In other words, it is a behavior that you keep repeating Negative habits breed negative consequences. Successful habits create positive rewards. I want you to ponder this question. Think about it before you answer. Maybe even write down several possibilities and then rank them in importance as they relate to helping you fulfill your vision and achievement and, excuse me, achieve your goals. Here's the question Are you ready? What one habit would you like to have more than anything else? So you can create your own habits, right? And it works. It's really good to do this. It's really good. You shall also decide and decree a thing and it shall be established for you. And the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. The first step is establishing a new habit. Make a decision. Purpose in your heart that you're going to start acting in a specific way 100% of the time. Maybe it's not using a word, you know. Maybe there's a certain cuss word or something that you want to stop doing. So you can, you know, change that out to say something else. Or if you say something repeatedly like uh, being fat or being, um, oh, I don't know. I can't think of, of things. But but things that we say to ourselves that maybe we need to change that that inside recording, which was a show I did two weeks ago on The Power of Our Words. Maybe it's just changing those words. Habit. Anything that you do. If you could do something that could make a better, it could be a better habit and have a better outcome. Think about those things and change it. Change it and say, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to do this. Here's one for me. I I used to bite my nails. I bit my nails for 50 years. So this should be encouraging to you because you could have a habit, a bad habit. That is a bad habit, by the way. Uh, and you could have it for 50 years and still break it. I've... I've done it. I've actually done it. And I'm so proud of myself because it took 50 years to do it. But I didn't give up on me. And I had to figure out a way to do it to where when I got stressed or I just felt that I needed some comfort, I'd always put my hands in my mouth and it was the most, it's the dirtiest habit ever. But I did it just out of comfort and I just couldn't seem to break it until I did. I just had to make a decision that I was going to do something different and I did. You can too. That's the encouraging thing there. So, the first step is establishing a new habit, make a decision. The second step is to simply act in that specific way for how many days? 21 days creates a habit, 21 days in a row. So, whatever you do, you have to keep on it for 21 days, work at it. Don't give up when you aren't perfect, practice until you are better. I don't like perfect. I don't like practice till you're perfect because I don't believe there is a perfect, but I can believe that you get better. Success is a habit. Mediocrity and failures are habits. A positive mental attitude is a habit. Debt-free living is a habit. Exercise is a habit. Not exercising is a habit. (laughs) So exercise, no exercise, it's your choice. Everything you're doing in your life right now, you're in the habit of doing. But by the same token, what you're not doing right now, you're in the habit of not doing. And the only way to change a habit of not doing something is to start doing it. And they say 21 days each day, 21 days creates that habit. You have to make a decision to change. It will take effort on your part. Create the right habits and you'll be amazed at how suddenly opportunities begin popping up in your life. This is so true. Try it. Try it. Challenge yourself. Number five, maybe you need somebody different in your foxhole. When you speak something repetitively, it's more likely to be heard, understood, and done. That's why having somebody different in your foxhole is one of the ways to make the most of every opportunity without question. You need to break free from some of the people you've been hanging around. Make no mistake, your attitude, speech, and behavior are directly affected by your friends. If they're comfortable with your current circle of friends, Neither you nor they will ever maximize the opportunities that come before you. Don't be fooled by those who say such things, for bad company corrupts good character. That's 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty three. Do your friends encourage, discourage, or ignore your dreams, hopes, and plans for the future? In the game of life, you don't need anyone holding you back as you seek to make the most out of every opportunity. Holding is a penalty, like football, and it should be in living your life as well. Yet my friends laugh at me, for I call on God and expect an answer. I am just a blameless man, yet they laugh at me. That's Job 12.4. Make no mistake, if your friends are laughing at those who want more out of life and or They're happy where they are. You can be certain they'll never do anything to take advantage of your opportunities. Your friends are either empowering and encouraging you or they're not. If not, you need to find friends who will. This is really difficult. You know, I've told my children their whole lives, choose your friends wisely. Don't let them choose you. Choose your friends wisely. And as more is required of you, as you grow in the Lord and your your responsibilities become more, which I'm experiencing, your choices of who you spend time with matter even more. It's like you have to guard yourself. And I guard my ears. I guard where I go, who I'm with, because I need to. I need to do that to protect me and protect Um, what I stand for. Now, I always haven't been understanding this, and I always haven't been as good at it, but lately I have to say that the Lord's giving me the tools and the visions that I need in order for me to do what the Lord wants me to do. And I don't know all the answers. I really don't, but I do know that I want to follow him and I want to do what would make him proud of me. So I don't know where you are on that, but he does. He knows where you are. Make no mistake, if your friends are laughing, if they're laughing at you and they don't believe in you, it's probably time to look at your friends and say maybe you need to find some new ones. Get a sheet of paper and write down the following information about your seven closest friends. This exercise will tell you who will be of value in helping you move out of your comfort zone. Their name? What does this person add to my life? What's the greatest negative influence this person has on my life? What's the last positive idea, scripture, or thought this person shared with me? Does this person motivate me to be all I can be in him? If most of your friends would rather stay where they are, then you need to move on down the line. That's not always comfortable, is it? Number six, stupid is as stupid does. I don't like that word stupid, but it's there. But wisdom changes things. If you're not maximizing your opportunities, it's because you don't know something or you're not willing to do something with what you know. There is a cure for ignorance. Do you know what it is? Knowledge. If you lack knowledge, it's your fault because knowledge is available. Boy, is it ever. You know, Siri, da 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 da. I mean, my sister does that all the time. Uh, it's pretty crazy. How do you get knowledge and wisdom? You see them. Proverbs 4 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore get wisdom. And with all thy, with all thy getting, get understanding. With all yes. Just let's get understanding. And you get that through uh, searching for the wisdom in every single situation. Last Sunday night, I asked seven questions which I feel led to ask again tonight. And I'm asking for you right now. Write down these. Do you read your Bible on a daily basis? Do you take notes on what you've read? Does the Holy Spirit bring things to your remembrance as you read and or take notes? Are you reading any book any, that's, that has Bible in it or that has scriptures in it at this very moment? Is the book motivational, inspirational, or practical? Are you taking notes as you read this book? Is the Holy Spirit stirring things in you as you read the book? If you answered no to more than one of those questions, you'll continue to live in mediocrity. Never experience what you could could be and, and have been. Number seven, are you ready? Keep yourself motivated with your opportunities for success. Okay, here's another one for you. I, I talked about this on another show, is that you have to define success for you. What does success look like for you? It's very important that you know what that is. And I'll tell you, as you get older more mature, um, you move from success to significance. I'm at the significance level because I want to make an impact. I want to leave a legacy. I want to have an impact on those that I come in contact with. And that doesn't come with success. Sometimes the success gives you the freedom to move around and, and to maybe go more places and whatnot and see more things. But the significance, the impact comes from just understanding your position and your purpose so that you can move forward in it. What will it take to keep you motivated on your move from mediocrity to success, from just getting by to more than enough, from average to excellence? Are you more motivated by visual images of a goal or dream that you're seeking to attain or fulfill? Is it a trip for me that would be a visit to Bora Bora? Yes, I would love that. I'm sure they need missionary help there. <laughs> I, would, I don't know. I, I would like to go to Bora Bora. But what is it? What is your dream? What is it that you visualize? I'm a very visual person, and I, I like to visualize situations. And it helps me when I feel depleted in my energy or if I feel like there's a roadblock in front of me. And you know, I've learned is that the stronger roadblock, the more impact I'm going to have and the more the devil doesn't want it. And so I thrive. I push through that as much as possible. So are you motivated by a person? Is there a person that you're motivated? Is there a mentor? Let them speak the pure, the positive, the powerful from the word of God into your life. Find out how and what motivates you. What motivates you? And use that to get motivated and to move forward in what God has created you for. I hope and pray that this has been helpful for you. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. God bless you and bless those that you come in contact with. Bye for now.
0: Ah, It's a time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home. Your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters. Even rats and other varmints. It's time to call Ecola Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects.